Welcome to You, Me, Empathy. Thank you for listening. We would like to remind you that this podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Known as just a silly boy with a feely heart. Please consider supporting the show. Check us out on Patreon or simply leave a review on iTunes. Here is your host and creator of the show, Known Wells. Greetings, feely humans. My name is Known Wells, and welcome to Yumi Empathy. Today on episode 38, I talk with my friend Tony the Therapist for another iteration of Tony Time on the power of feeling safe. We talk about trauma teddy bears. Uh, Tony uh, hugs and snuggles my teddy bear from childhood, Barnabas. And we talk about why trust is a huge part of healing. This episode is a follow-up to episode 37, where I chatted with my friend Haley Nicole. We explored her uh, rape experience and the meditative healing uh, experience and her PTSD and anxiety and panic attacks. So if you haven't listened to that episode, it's uh, it's quite tough in parts. There's a trigger warning there, but um, please do listen to it. It's very powerful and Haley is, uh, is, is amazing. So this episode, though, is a follow-up. Episode 38, again, on the power of feeling safe. I'm wondering... If uh, what what safe means to you in your mental health. Also, do you have a tangible object in your life that centers you? Something uh, that calms you and comforts you? Let me know. Let me know on Instagram at yumiempathy or uh, in the show notes, uh, just comment um, on yumiempathy.com. So, without further ado, please enjoy this episode, episode 38 with Tony the Therapist on the power of feeling safe. podcast about exploring the struggles we face in our day-to-day lives as humans trying to get by on this wondrous and overwhelming pale blue dot. The intent of Yumi Empathy is to talk openly without judgment about our neuroses, our mental illnesses, our shared anxieties and worries, to create a dialogue that is vulnerable and deeply human and empathetic, and to share that dialogue with others to inspire emotional and cognitive collaboration and insight so we can, hand-in-hand, break down the stigma that make us feel shame and guilt for struggling, for feeling our feelings, for being human. Yumi Empathy is a safe, friendly space designed to inspire the beauty in each of us. Today I am here with Tony for a long-awaited Tony time. The listeners have been demanding more Tony in their lives, and wow. they got it today. Wow. I know. That's so exciting. 
The internet waves are flush with wow. demands for Tony time. Wow. Well, thank you guys. I mean, yeah, that's really he's, just... He's blushing, you guys. Yeah, the, the three of you that, that made that heard, I, I just appreciate that. So that's really... <laughs> those, those three emails that, that Known received in, joke, in jest. Are you sure they weren't sarcastically requesting... Um, I read them really quickly, Did you? just so, just in case okay, they were case. sarcastic, uh, okay. and I I skipped over the PSs that were more criticisms R- than I praises. That. So yeah, yeah. That three to one hundred ratio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we are here today to uh, do a Tony time, and for the listeners, if you aren't aware, Tony is my friend. But he's he's also a psychotherapist, and he comes on the show every once in a while to uh, give the show a little credibility something that doesn't come from me because i am just a silly feely boy and tony is a professional but he has a disclaimer that is important and here it is hi folks here's my important disclaimer that um, i think is important to my board so but my name is anthony ramike and i am a licensed marriage and family therapist here in the state of california licensed by the board of behavioral sciences and my license number is lmf lmft let's see if i can get that out lmft 47805 and um and just maybe a quick little bio i'm in private practice um as a marriage family therapist and currently in the city of Tustin, but shortly moving to the city of Newport Beach. And I guess by the time this airs, I will have moved and I'll be in the city of Newport Beach. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in private practice. I'm also a certified sex addiction therapist. And so I see clients who present with hypersexual um compulsive-based sexual behaviors who are looking to change that, uh, in addition to just all the other work that comes with being a marriage and family therapist that impact our capacities to have healthy, satisfying relationships. Beautiful. I love it. Cool. I love all I of too. that. Well, I do I do too. As I say, I, I, I'm the luckiest man in the world. I seriously get to do the coolest job. So well, I'm glad. Yeah. It, it, it shows. Well, it thank shows. you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, we're here today in episode 38 to talk about, um, this is a follow-up to episode 37 with my friend Haley Nicole. And uh, it's just a follow-up to her story. Um, so if you haven't listened to that episode, please be sure to go back and do that. It is a wonderful episode. Haley is uh, a remarkable woman and uh, someone who experienced some trauma and has found her way through it through therapy, through uh, other forms, travel, uh, those types of things. And it's a, it's a pretty remarkable story. So go listen to that. Uh, but before... We uh, get into kind of the trauma stuff. I, I wanted, I was curious to hear from you, Tony. <laughs> Tony is, uh, you can't see this, but I have to take a, damn it, I have to take a picture of this. I don't have my right. phone on me. He's snuggling a teddy bear at the moment. I, I, I saw this here, and I guess for the listeners who, who aren't aware, you'll be moving. And yes. so yes. everything is, is in a state of, of packing or unpacking unpacked or not it's, yet packed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there happens to be this wonderful teddy bear sitting next to me. And as, as we were talking about this subject specifically, this reminded me of what could be like a, a trauma bear, like, you know. Okay, yeah. You know, that yeah. somebody... That was my trauma bear was growing your, up. Was this? That's, his name's Barnabas. Barnabas. He's missing an eye. And I will... I'm definitely going to have to take a picture of you and Barnabas yes, before we go. So, absolutely. so the listeners have some context. Some context but what? Yeah, that bear I've had since I was a kid. Did you really? Yep. How old do you think? 
five, six. Wow. Yeah, around there. Yeah. It's an oldie. This is so really it's 30 cool. plus years old. And surprisingly in really good shape. Yeah, I've kept it in good shape. Minus the eyeball. Minus the eyeball. It's all right. But, you know. Yeah. So this is cool. This, I mean, literally, I mean, a lot of times uh, if I work with clients in trauma, one of the things I find so helpful is if is if they can find, the you know, some kind of soothing object, you know, whether uh-huh. it's something that's, you know, to the senses, just a tactile softness and comforting. Mm. Um, and I've had clients you know, get blankets, like, you know, like a very soft, nurturing, comforting blanket or stuffed animals. So, that's kind so of... So, the material does matter. The material does matter. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, I, you know, I, th- I think if we're talking about trauma specifically um, and you think about, you know, just the impact of that and then the... I don't know why, you know, why is it that something then, you know, sensory or tactile is, you know, the, the softness or the material becomes such an important um, comforting issue, I guess. So, it becomes important, you know, yeah. to be soft and comforting. Well, speak to- so. toward the mic. And yes. Not, oh, not, yes. Not, Sorry, I am not speaking more of this. <laughs> we'll have to get a picture of you. Yes, so we will get a picture of um, this myself. What, what, is there another facet of that? Now, you've you've sort of ventured into this other territory that I'm very curious about. Is there, I mean, there has to be a component of like this object means something to me or has, has, is that a component of it as well? Not just the sort of sensory tactile part of it. Well, I think so. I, I, you know, I think what it, it, what it potentially could become for somebody is, and what I like it to be, um, for my clients, if they're needing something like this, if they need this this comforting object, is is one something that they can take with them into therapy. Therefore, it's something they can take out with them from therapy. So, mm. meaning it's it's a kind of reminder throughout the week. Oh yeah, of like the ther- a totem. It's like a totem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's something that they can keep with them throughout the week. And and you know, we'll talk about. If there were a particular time of distress, maybe that they were feeling during the week and, and if they went and got their object and it could be something that ultimately becomes again, just very soothing and comforting and centering mm. as, you know, as, as maybe a very distressing thought may have, you know, come into their, into their awareness or maybe just, they're just feeling very down and maybe just a very difficult day, um, low mood, low, you know, and, and maybe just a, 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 you know, negative impact to, um, sense of self. Yeah. And it's something of, yeah, again, it's just something they can tangibly grab, right? It's something that, that is a tangible representation. I think of healing, a tangible representation of the therapeutic process and hopefully the, the safety and the comfort that they feel when they're in. So I like them to bring it to therapy and that way it, you know, it really exists in both worlds. Yeah. And so it's, you know, it's really something that they can carry with them. Um, sometimes people refer to it as a transitional object, you know, therapists at times will do this at near, near the end of therapy. Also, you know, that it's a transitional object between, um, you know, the safety and the comfort and the growth of therapy to, you know, maybe a break that they're taking and moving on for some time or, mm-hmm. yeah, or, you know, so yeah, I think there's a lot of value. I, mean, I, love I really that. think there's kind of a lot of really cool value to something like this. I'd love to uh, hear from you listeners. If, if there is something that you have in your life, a transitional object or a object of that, that safety and centering and grounding and comfort uh, that helps you when you struggle in times of struggle or stress, I'd love to hear what that is. That would be, um, you know, I'm, I'm curious about that. I would love to, I would love to know and uh, maybe get some ideas for myself. Yeah. And just, you know, I don't know. I mean, I would certainly, I don't know what and how much you want to put out or be vulnerable with this, but 
you know, since Barnabas is here with us, you know, he's kind of sitting up at the table with us here. He can't talk though, Tony. He, he can't talk. He's not like Ted. <laughs> he's, he's definitely not like Ted. <laughs> he's a sweet boy. So, so, so we're still going to smoke that weed, right? <laughs> How dare you? From, How from dare Ted. you pervert my childhood <laughs> innocence? With Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> oh, God. And Ted. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm also just curious, you know, and, and I'm wondering about the listeners just, you know, your personal, I don't know what Barnabas meant for you and as you went through your life and healing and. Yeah. You know, it's, I wish I could say there that he was like, um, uh, an object that I remembered being like in specific moments where I remember right. him being a comfort, but I don't have memories like that. Yeah. I don't have those memories. And I, I maybe I'll access them at some point. Sure. But I do just know, generally speaking, he was uh, someone I, yeah, was a comfort. And someone who slept with me, you know, in, in the bed, you know, in the, in the bunk bed when I was younger. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I I don't think it was a – I don't think Barnabas I, I took with me yeah. places, but – I could be wrong. Yeah. I don't remember. I could, yeah. I should ask my mom about that. But yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes it's just something we have in the house that necessarily doesn't go with us or travel yeah. with us, but just something permanent, you know, and consistent. I have this rock yeah. here. It's like an emerald uh colored rock. Right. And it's very it's very soft and cool to the touch. Oh yeah, and I I sometimes uh, hold it when when I'm recording with guests. Oh wow, and it, I don't know. There's something about it. It's like the the feel of it that yeah. that calms me a little bit. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's beautiful. I yeah, mean, our listeners can't see it, but it is it's just beautiful colored. Um, yeah, yeah. So interesting. So yeah. maybe that's yeah some centering for you and maybe. comfort. Yeah, part of the outdoors, nature yeah. based. Totally. That's so, definitely part of it. Which is always been pretty foundational for you anyway i mean in terms of definitely definitely so let's get into uh Haley's story a little yeah. bit um one of the first things that came to mind uh about her story is is her love of sort of adventure yeah and it started in like a pretty dramatic way right. basically she uh, lost someone in her life and it sort of triggered this like i need to make a change. I need to do something dramatic. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. uh, to you, Tony, do you find that a lot? Like when, like when we experience when someone in our lives dies or something, you hear about this, like, I need to start living, right? right. I need, like, you hear about this, this shift in, in perspective. Right. Do you get that a lot? I think so. Yeah. I, I think fairly often, um, I think that's a, f- a fairly normal, you know, human response yeah. to that. Because like you said already, perspective, you know, it usually gives us such a different perspective and, you know, certainly the recognition and awareness that, you know, life is short, right? And that yeah. things can very quickly be taken away from us and, and life as we know it can can very quickly be be altered and changed for, you know, very significant ways. And, and so, I think so. I mean, I you know, I think what people then tend to walk away from those particular experiences really is a sense of of um awareness and and maybe that does lead to adventure of some sort um or you know i think i've you know for people i've you know just even reinventing themselves to you know at some level you know i think in terms of recognizing um you know wait a minute is this all there is or or am i doing everything that i want to be doing 
um, what is it, you know, again, life's short. And so what is it maybe that I really want to do? And, and I think maybe it even speaks inherently to, um, you know, maybe a very primitive part of ourselves, you know, that, that seek healing, right. You know, in, in travel, I think, um, Neil Pert, the drummer for Rush. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, he wrote a book called Ghost Rider, and it was a pretty phenomenal book, basically about his, you know, adventures, so to speak, and and just travels after he had lost both his wife and his daughter, I think both within a two-year period. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just completely, completely shook his foundation. I mean, obviously, something like that would. And it becomes about his travels. I mean, throughout South, Central, and Northern America, as, as, as he literally got on his motorcycle. And I can't remember the mileage. I mean, it was just something insane that he mm-hmm. did for, you know, over, I think, a year year's time. And just, you know, again, the book's an amazing exploration of what that, what the healing process for, for him and his travels and, and, and why he needed that, you know, the necessity of that, that life for him afterwards. So... Yeah, it's amazing. So yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's a, it's a strong part of people's experience. What about specifically making that decision um, allows us to find some self more self awareness and and kind of look inward? Like what and, and in what ways? Because like mm-hmm. here's an example. Sure. Like when I um, uh, shoot, I'm lost. I'm losing my train of thought. <laughs> God damn it. If we had commercials, I could insert one here. Do we have a sponsor? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to thank our sponsor. I guess what I'm just saying is why why does that happen to us? Like what, what about the, the travel experience or the big moved experience? Like the, uh, getting out of like a routine. What Mm -hmm. about that shift, um, really, uh, heals us? Like Mm -hmm. what, what about that? Cause it, as you said, with Neil Pert and with, with Haley and, and for me, like travel is a huge healer. Like what about that specifically that like really can, be like from your perspective that really can be good for mental health gosh that's yeah i mean such a great and big question so uh, you know I, I can't even start i think to tackle what everybody's unique yeah you know need or desire to do that would be because you know i think it's such a personal journey uh in general though some of the thoughts that just popped into my head as i was thinking about that question uh you know it's some of which well, maybe all of which are healthy um Part of me at first says, you know, part of it can just certainly serve to be a distraction. Sure. You know, so so part of it might just be a, a necessary distraction, which I would say if we remain in a state of long-term distraction, that could potentially lead to some psychopathology, you know, meaning if we're not integrating the trauma um, and we're just continuing to distract and not processing the hurt. And the wounding, you know, I think ultimately there could be some some psychopathology that develops as a result of of not getting that kind of integration uh, and ultimately the, some healing around what it is we may be avoiding or distracting from. Having said that, though, I think at the same time, I think we have, you know, an, 
obviously we have inherent defense mechanisms. And I think a lot of times we will initially experience some necessary distractions or what we call disassociation um, and disconnection. And I think part of that just allows us to survive whatever impact, you know, that the trauma has, has overwhelmed us with. And ultimately that's what dissociation serves to do, you know, is, is give us some, some space between what might overwhelm us and basically our mental capacities to, to manage and, you know, um, not overtake us mentally. Hmm. So, you know, I think initially some of that can, can be a part of that experience, you know, that just, I just have to get away. Right. And a positive one. And, and, and yeah. that should be very positive. Yeah. And, and I think over time, what, what you find is slowly, you know, I mean, and everybody's different, obviously at this, but you know, uh, whatever the pace the person may need in terms of being able to integrate the, the awareness of the hurt and the trauma and, and, and slowly be able to adapt and and adjust to this new life, right? I mean, because, you know, I feel like a lot of times when trauma happens to us, we're not the same person. I mean, we're never going to be the same person right. again. And I think we have to then grow into a new person, which ultimately I think can be a very great thing and a, and a healthy thing in terms of, of, of how we grow and the necessity of, of growing. There's a great book actually on this Um I think it may have come out in the mid '80s. Don't tell me it's the body keeps the score. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wonderful book by Bessel van der Kolk. I'm not sure our listeners have ever. That's a joke because we talk about him every every podcast, I believe. Uh, actually, it's a book called Necessary Losses, and the author is Judith Vierst. And I remember reading this. I think in the late '80s, early '90s, maybe it was recommended to me. Tony's old, you guys. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm uh, got a lot of grays in the beard here right now. Um, <laughs> But it's a phenomenal book, uh, Necessary Losses, and it really speaks to this that, you know, loss is an an inevitable part of life. And it's how we work through that process, you know, that ultimately is is really important. So, um, but again, getting back to this idea of, you know, maybe early need for avoidance, disconnection, um, and slowly being able to integrate what happened to us, I think, can be a part of this process. And, uh, you know, sometimes I think it's something very grounding about adventure and exploration and something I think in terms of life perspective, I don't know, getting outside of ourselves and seeing something that is totally. so much greater than us, I think is totally, you know, yeah, that's a big so part of it for me is it's, it's humbling. Like yeah. It's, it's a very humbling experience and it, it allows you to, you know, get outside yourself yeah. and, and forget about your own bullshit and right. recognize that there's, other modes of living, other, you know, cultures that, that, you know, are maybe doing it in different ways and maybe better ways and and, and that can bring value, you know. Absolutely. Well, and I, you know, I don't know why traditionally I think about this when I think about, you know, doing an adventure or an exploration, but so much of that seems to be tied to like the natural geography of, of the landscapes around us. And, Mm. and I think that, you know, whether we go and, you know, see the Grand Canyon or we go to Yosemite or, you know, we go to some of these, you know, areas in which, again, it's so perspective changing. Cause I think when we look at something so grand and we think again, that, you know, the, the sun's going to come up tomorrow and, you know, the Colorado river is going to continue to flow and carve the out. Sun will come out. Yeah, there you go. Tomorrow. Bet your bottom dollar that tomorrow there'll be sun. He just looks for reasons just to sing folks. He just looks for reasons. Tomorrow, throw away the cobwebs and the sorrow. 
till there's none. Wow. Tomorrow. Wow. <laughs> okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. I'm so sorry. Barnabas and even turned and looked at you on that one. <laughs> uh, um, I need to ask you this. What happens when uh, someone experiences that trauma and then almost like there's like a refusal or a, a, um, a steadfastness in not wanting to change, like not wanting to yeah. be changed by that trauma? Do you see that? Yeah. And I thought of denial, mm. you know, as a defense mechanism. And the way you describe that. And I think a lot of times if we're stuck in denial, you know, uh, there's a, a high possibility that whatever happened to us, it's just too much, you know, it's just too much to take in. Yeah. And so, and that's, you know, the stuckness that we talk about when we think of, of uh, you know, potential psychopathology or the development of, uh, and by that, I mean, an anxiety disorder, or a, 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 you know, depressive mood disorder, or, you know, potentially even something more severe. And I think it, it really speaks to the capacity that we have within us to uh, integrate what happened to us. And that varies for everybody. You know, I think that varies upon... Um, how much trauma we've already gone through in our lives. I think that depends upon how much resources that we have around us, financial, spiritual, emotional, and and do we have those? And I think it's a lot harder for us to integrate maybe trauma if we don't have those things around us, if we don't have loving, caring, supportive people around, or we don't have the financial resources for, you know, psychotherapy or, or other forms of yeah. assistance, then, you know, I think, you know, there can be some pretty significant stuckness. And I think a lot of times that's what we talk about when we talk about complex trauma or we talk about complex grief and bereavement is that, you know, the person is really struggling to be able to integrate the trauma that occurred. You can see this sometimes if there's been profound, significant early trauma. And even what we consider today is, um, you know, dissociative disorders, you know, and this mm. has taken the place of what we used to call multiple personality disorder. Uh, dissociative identity disorder is the, you know, the term that we use now to describe basically what ultimately becomes very significant internal splitting of personality and and an ego structure mm -hmm. and so ultimately what you get is a divided self a very divided and compartmentalized self into many multiple um you know various variations of of personality and you know part of that again is because there has been such overwhelming and profound trauma that it basically overwhelmed the person's ability to integrate what had happened and you get these split off versions of self uh, for survival, it, once yeah. again, I mean, it, yeah. it always goes back to the, you know, the, the brain's amazing way to survive. And this just happened to be the profound way that this person found to, to survive. And, wow. Yeah. And, and, and basically try and, you know, continue to live through what was so profound. Hmm. So when we list, when we talk about Haley, so she experienced a, a trauma and, uh, did what a lot of us do, and and she took a trip, and sure. um, and then that was taken away from her in right. in, in a very tragic way, and she was Horrific. sexually yeah. assaulted. Right. Um, did you pick up on anything um about that particular experience that uh, you want to speak to as a as a psychotherapist or um? That just stood out to you, part of her story. Well, I think, you know, when I think of, you know, 
oh, when I think of something like that, which again, so horrific. I mean, just so horrific. The worst possible thing. Just, it just, yeah. I mean, just, gosh, um, so painful and just, um, yeah. I mean, just it, it physically hurts um, when you think of you know or hear these or you know horrific type of experiences. And, and I guess what I thought of when things like that and you know not not to Haley specific you know again since i don't treat her or anything um but just the thought that came to mind when i think about these types of experiences is a a broken trust i feel like that occurs you know a, a meaning a a foundate a foundational breach of trust in life and humans mm, and, and yeah and and one of the things that I find in healing specifically and, and people's need to be able to heal is safety and yeah. trust. And, you know, we, we were talking about, you know, Barnabas, the, the teddy bear here earlier, but just, you know, again, talking about that, that person or that object, you know, that thing that is consistently there, that, that person that off, offers consistent, um, you know, care, soothing. And, and when I hear about these horrific, you know, and, and, and any, you know, obvious, you know, um, sexual, um, gosh, you know, what do we a violation, betrayal? Um, you know, I think the thing that gets broken down is the ability to trust. Yeah. You know, just to know that, that we could be, you know, um, perpetrated against, violated, and, and that, that broken trust in humanity, that, bo- you know, broken trust in relationships, that just the mistrust now that has to be a part of our existence or, the, or a hypervigilance. And, and what does that do to healing? Yeah. You know, and, and the way in which that breaks down the ability to heal and the way that breaks down the, the ability to, to trust and, and, you know, relationships being so paramount to healing and the ability to feel that we can trust another human being, to, to feel like we can be comforted by another human being. And, and I think people that have experienced sexual assaults, betrayal, um, you know, violations, you know, one of the, the things that is taken away is an inherent sense in being able to trust other people. Yeah. And again, you know, we're, we're connective beings that that desire intimacy and we desire closeness and we desire and you know and so you know trust is paramount and safety is paramount to healing and so what happens if that's been taken away from you you know your inherent ability to trust another human being so it's horrible yeah. i mean it, it's such an absolute horrible thing because again I, I think it robs people of that inherent ability in a sense to get healing because, right right you know how do you trust another human being well, and then it makes sense that she, I mean, th- you know, in addition to uh, this horrific thing that happens, then she experiences this reaction from a, a, a section of people who essentially just wrote her off as like being a dumb, drunk right. American, right? Uh, which is um, which is a thing that happens, especially with women, That's, yeah. and it's uh, it's it's. Not only inhumane, it's right. it's sexist, and yeah. it's it's just so disgusting. I'm just my heart goes out to Haley uh, for that. But right. I was going to get to. It makes sense that the trust you're talking about that was betrayed, that was broken, and then she's like, she basically admitted to me like I probably shouldn't have done it, but I went on a solo yeah. uh, motorcycle ride through I think like Indonesia or something. Right. Uh, makes sense. Yeah. Wanting to be isolated. Isolated. People aren't isolated. safe, right? Yeah. Right. People aren't safe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, again, not uncommon for people to then want to just 
isolate and find healing on their own, right? Yeah. You know, to just to just leave and to go and to I'll be alone, you know, and I'll just be, you know, be, you know, me, myself and I. And um and and that's who I'll trust. And you know, and and long term, you know, I think people who have experienced this, you know, if if people carry through with the rest of their life, and and ultimately end up believing that there isn't safety in people, right? There isn't trust and, you know, trust is not to be had and, and you have to hold up some hypervigilance and close yourself off to people. You know, I think, sadly, I think this, this can lead to, again, you know, it doesn't, ha- it doesn't mean it will, but I mean, it can, you know, lead to the psychopathology that we were talking about, but mostly just disconnection from people, right? Which ultimately yeah. becomes so sad for the person, I mean, you know, I'm, and, and, you know, others who, who may want to be in relationship with, with these individuals, because it's just, you know, it's so difficult for them, again, to be able to trust other people. And gosh, I mean, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, just relationships can be so wonderful. And, and if we have to be hyper vigilant and defended against being connected and being intimate, I mean, it's just ultimately really potentially a very sad way to go through life. I mean, that's, I mean, relationships and connecting are, in my estimation, the thing that makes this world so amazing, you right. know, because um, through those connections, we, you know, we're, we look inward, we're, right. we grow, we connect, you know, all that stuff. Absolutely. In Haley's case, like, I'm, I was grateful to know that she had, you know, some people in her life, right. a friend, her, you know, future husband, uh, you know, boyfriend at the time you know, a few people in her life that, that she could talk to about this and she yeah. did trust, right. you know, which was right. great. Right. Absolutely. What, like, how do you, how does someone go from, because there has to be cases where someone, you know, they basically lose trust from everyone. Absolutely. How does, how do you get back from that? Gosh, I know. Right. I mean, that's just, you know, that's almost more of a statement than a question. Right. <laughs> I think right. You, just, you just made. Cause it's so right. big and there's so much, yeah. yeah, so much going on. And it's so hard, you know, and it's so difficult. And I think, um, you know, if the person does maybe pursue psychotherapy as, as a part of that, I think it can be a very slow process as the person very slowly over time maybe learns to let the therapist in yeah, and very slowly learns that, that you know, that's that's a relationship in which they can very slowly start to rebuild trust and um and yet you know even in those circumstances you know and 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 understandably so the you know the 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 work can be very slow and the work can be um there can be a lot of breaks in the therapeutic you know and and rifts within the therapeutic relationship because at that point a lot of things from the client can be perceived as as another potential you know breach of trust or yeah. a breakdown in in the relationship and so you know, there really does require a lot of obviously compassion and there, you know, and, and, a, and, and very, um, certainly a lot of patience. I mean, which is generally a normal part of the process anyway. But, um, but again, if, if the person can, you know, stick with the process, you know, hopefully over time that can very slowly be rebuilt. Mm-hmm. And hopefully the person can start to internalize a sense of safety again and a sense of trust. And then, you know, start to take that outside of the psychotherapeutic relationship into other trusting, safe relationships. And, um, but gosh, yeah, my, my, my heart goes out to that process. It's mm. a really difficult process. Yeah, for sure. So Haley herself, uh, I was 
excited to hear. Um, she had a great experience after this, this awful experience, right. a great experience in therapy right. herself, which, which is great. And then she found a therapist and uh, was diagnosed with PTSD. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, was having panic attacks and to help her process through those or combat those, her therapist, uh, advised her to weave. So she started weaving as yeah. a way to keep those at bay or yeah. just kind of work through it. Right. Tell me about like a, an activity like that, that can help through trauma. Yeah. And that's such a great one. Um, one that I've thought of here recently, because, uh, you know, again, I know somebody who's participating in this right now, which is sewing. Sewing, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this, you know, this particular person is getting a lot of benefit out of this sewing project that they've recently, it's a blanket, actually. It's like a quilted blanket uh, or patchwork. That works perfect. Yeah, it's like to a- To go back to our- Right. Transitional object. Absolutely. So, the, the person is actually involved in in sewing this, this patchwork blanket and it's really awesome because, you know, one of the things I think that is so benefiting from something like that is the mindfulness, you mm, know, yeah. that, that comes with that. Totally. And and the, the focus required, whether it's in weaving or in sewing. It's hard know, work. It's hard work. It's repetitive. You, you, you have to... High level of concentration and focus. You, your brain can't be moving it, a mile a minute. Brain has to cannot, focus on that one and thing. And I think that's the benefit. You yeah. have to be in the moment. And it forces you to be in the moment. And, you know, it, with trauma, the brain wants to be hypervigilant. The, the brain wants to be, you know, always seeking danger or, you know, or, you know, and, and how it's going to maneuver around danger. So, you, you have this component of hypervigilance. Hence, you'll get panic attacks as, as you know, as a result of, um, you know, that part of the brain just being on hyper alert. And... Which is good, but obviously with somebody with PTSD, it just never shuts down. You right. know, it's just on, on constant alert. And so, getting to weave or getting to sew and, and getting to just sit down and be in the moment, be mindful and hyper-focused is such a wonderful, um, I think, escape from this, you know, just mind that, that wants to be on 24-7 and in hyper-alert. And yeah, and in this case, this this person is literally sewing together what will be their own transitional safety object. Yeah, and I love it. I mean, it's yeah. just such a awesome, awesome exercise. So, That's cool. Yeah, is there an aspect of maybe this is me projecting or 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 fishing a little bit? But sure. is there an aspect of, of people who have dealt with trauma who? At a certain point in their recovery or therapy or or just processing that trauma, have a uh, strong desire to uh, want people to understand that trauma and what they went through. Do you ever get that? Oh, interesting question. Oh, gosh, let me think for a second if that's something that I see and if that's something that, that tends to come... Uh, not necessarily, uh, you know, really as I'm, I'm reflecting, I, I might be wrong, but as I'm just kind of thinking through, I'm not, I'm not, nothing is standing out mm-hmm. in terms of, of that as a particular dynamic, maybe that I've seen clinically, I think. And I mean, maybe some of that is being had in the psychotherapeutic experience. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why I'm not thinking about it in terms of, of other ways in which that is being sought out. Um, I guess it, may, we, uh, yeah. maybe where I'm coming from yeah, is yeah. 
is probably just my own journey. Well, what are you thinking? Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking like, you know, um, talking about this stuff and wanting really people to understand the trauma I experienced and where I came from in terms of, you know, my eating disorder and the, and the childhood trauma. Like I want people to understand those things because I first want them to maybe potentially relate or, or, or sure. find some healing themselves. Yeah. And I guess that's, that's the motive. And that's the whole motive of this, this podcast is I want people to, I want to be vulnerable, therefore to potentially provide healing experiences for other others. Right. I'm sure that's not just me. There's, there's many listeners of this podcast who are that way too, but that's how, that's eventually the point that I came to in my own journey is I wanted, I, once I was comfortable with it, right. I wanted people to know. Yeah. I wanted people to know for all those reasons. Yeah. And maybe I'm hearing you a little differently now, because I think one of the things maybe that you're expressing and, and, and to which I have seen, which is I think once somebody has gone through something that for so long was kept secret and it was something that they weren't, they felt like they weren't able to share with other people, or maybe they weren't actually able to share with other people that I feel like once it's out and there's maybe been enough integration or healing that they're able to talk about it and they're able to share about it. And maybe they're able, you know, maybe they've even gone through, you know, a significant healing process. And as such, what I have found quite often is that people do become very motivated um, about educating or helping others, you know, in similar ways. And I think part of that is usually as a result of recognizing what it was they felt and what they were going through and just the, just the darkness, I feel like that was a part of their life for so long. And then the the healing and the transformation and, and the lightness that they now feel, you know, I think part of that is so exciting for them and, and so positively motivating knowing that life can be so different and look so different and experience so differently that a lot of times I've seen people then want to help others, you know, in, in a lot of different ways, you know, some of which is um, mentoring, you know, some of which is maybe creating programs of, of something of the topic that they've worked through, a podcast formats, you know, uh, writing, yeah. um, you know, whether that's, you know, somebody's wanting to put together a blog or a book or an article, um, but, you know, a lot of times I th- just think there's such genuine excitement about the healing and the transformation that they've experienced. They just want to be able to share that with others. Well, and being an advocate in and of itself is part of their healing journey, too. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it's so cool because I think it's just such a, uh, what's the word, genuine, authentic outpouring of their heart. Yeah. And it's just, it's it's out of not... You know, again, some rigid duty or or obligation. It's just a organic, you know, uh, effusive display of of their heart. You know, because of what they've experienced. Yeah. And to me, that's amazing. I mean, you know, to 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 see somebody, you know, tr- you know, transform from just such a dark place to then wanting to share their own personal healing and transformation to help others. And it's just you know that is uh, nothing more exciting than that. Totally. You know. Yeah. Um, well, let's see. Uh, I think that's all I wanted to say. I guess uh, I just will say to you listeners, 
Thanks for listening. Um, definitely, if you haven't checked out Haley's episode, go back to episode 37 and listen to that. And uh, make sure to give Haley a follow on Instagram. All the links are there in the show notes for that episode. And I'll add them here uh, from the show notes for this episode. I appreciate you guys. I really uh, I really do. And I, I love all the interactions I get on Instagram and Twitter and the Facebook group. So keep that up. It, uh, it makes my day and, uh, be sure to leave a rating and review for you, me empathy and, and iTunes. It helps out the show and you, and it, it's free. It's a free thing to do. You can, you can help out the show. That would be fantastic. And I will be sure to share, um, I'll share it before, uh, the picture of Tony with, uh, Barnabas. Oh, Barnabas. But um, I will thank Tony for being here for another episode of Tony Time. Absolutely. Always, it's always such a pleasure. Love these Tony Times. Me too, buddy. And uh, to you listeners, as I always say, I'm here, you're here. We're here together on this wayward, overwhelming, awe-inspiring pale blue dot. We have each other. It's you, me, empathy. <laughs>